0: I've officially arrived at the gym. That's step one. What's step two? I guess just stand here until an idea for a workout routine comes to me? Or maybe step two is flagging down a trainer to help nope, and- no way. I already spent most of my money on the gym membership. I can probably figure it out myself. Or you could try FitBot. It's an app that builds a workout routine for you based on your goals and fitness level. You can even tell it what equipment you have so you can get a plan that's customized just for you. So Fitbod does all the planning for me. I don't have to Google random videos hoping they're right for me. That's right. Fitbod actually has exercise demo videos for you too. Plus a whole year of FitBot costs less than a single session with a trainer. Huh, maybe I'll finally get more than one workout out of my gym membership this year. Download Fitbod today. And get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbond.me getfit. That's fitbond.me slash getfit. In business, Deloitte sees two approaches to innovation. People who look at the new technologies and changes swirling around them and wonder what's possible, and people who use cloud to engineer it. Creating new revenue with industry cloud platforms, optimizing costs through multi-cloud adoption, and adopting technologies from AI to edge. Join the innovators. Start at Deloitte.com slash US slash cloud and get the end-to-end services you need to get the cloud value you expect. Deloitte.
1: everybody, welcome back to the Razzball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am, of course, B-Don, joined by the man you want here from, the fantasy master Lothario himself, Gray Albright. How are you doing over there, Gray?
0: Hey, what's going on, B-Don? I am on, uh, so you want to hear my computer story?
1: Sure, let's let's hear. I want to hear what it is because you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, you want to hear the okay? Because every week I have to uh, I have to reset up my uh, microphone and I have to reset up my background and and you're probably like, what's going on over there? Why why does it it doesn't change for me? Why does it change for Greg? So uh, here's a quick story about that. So I had a computer issue, um, MacBook Pro, uh, not not an ad, and uh, I had to bring my computer into um, the Apple store to get repaired. So I was like, hey, do you guys do um, loaners? You know, because I'm not going to have a computer if I give you my computer. And they're like, no, we don't do loaners. I was like, oh, uh, so what do I do? And they're like, well, you can buy another computer. Uh, I was like, "Uh, for (laughs) $1,800? That's almost three full gas tanks. <laughs> I uh I so I said, uh, "Nah, I I don't really want to just, you know, throw out 1800 dollars on a computer." And they're like, "I I mean, you can return it if it's uh under 2 weeks." So I'm like, "Hmm, okay. <laughs> That's interesting." So um anyway, long story short is I I bought a computer um about 6 weeks ago. <laughs> From Apple. Returned that computer uh, about a uh, maybe 12 days after I bought it, you know, two, maybe a day or two before uh, it was going to be my computer. <laughs> and then I, I bought another one from Best Buy rather than, you know, because you can't just buy the same computer uh, over and over again because I returned the computer to Apple. And then they're like, oh, sorry, we don't, uh," and then I'm like, well, I need to buy the same computer back again. And they're like, sorry, we don't have it. I was like, that computer right there, I'm returning. You can give me that computer back. They were like, no, we can't do that. I'm like, I, I just actually I just handed it to you. You can just hand it back. <laughs> it's fine. They're like, no, we don't have the we don't have this computer in stock, um, even though you just handed us the exact same computer you want. I'm like, uh, okay. So then I go to Best Buy. Anyway, long story short is I'm on about my twelfth computer in the last six weeks. <laughs> I just keep buying them and returning them, depending on the store. I think this is uh, this one I'm on today is Best Buy, um, and my last one was. Uh, <laughs> I think I've even tried Radio Shack at one point. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you guys have computers, and so they're like, "Yeah, we got a. What kind of calculator do you want? Like, no, I don't want a calculator." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, that's why I've been having some computer issues. But yeah. We're, uh, we're good to go. Apple just told me that my my old computer should be ready for pickup in about mm, another three months.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, like, what's wrong with the initial computer that it's taken this long? Like, I thought Apple, the whole, sp- sp- like, stick with Apple was that it didn't break, like, ever. And, and then if it did, like, they were going to take care of you. And, like, that was the whole thing. Now it's going to, like, take four months, five months for you to get a computer back? I take my computer and they tell me it's either dead or, like, you know, they can fix it in, like, two days. Those are the options.
0: I know. Yeah, no, the best is, like, uh, okay, so you guys can fix it. Like, oh, yeah, we can fix it, but we don't know if we have the part. It's like, well, where am I? Am I I an Apple? because? don't you guys aren't you the ones that make the parts can't you just make a new part what, where, where am i right now like you're i'm in the apple store and you're telling me you don't have an apple computer like uh what's going on bro
1: yeah yeah it's like when i was missing a screw from my uh, microphone mounting and they're like we can't send you a screw sir i'm like Look, it's like one screw. It's like a weird screw that I can't go buy at Home Depot because you made it that way. Like, just send me a screw. It's okay. They're like, no, you have to send us back the $300 thing you just bought from us and then rebuy it again. And maybe the next one will have a screw in it, sir. (laughs) Like, okay, well, I'm just going to buy a knockoff then. That'll be cool. It'll be like $30. (laughs) All right. So let's talk baseball, Gray. We've heard the computer complaining stories. (laughs) <laughs> Let's get into it. Otherwise, everybody will complain that we're going hour because we, we just talked nonsense for 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> all right. First up, Riley Green gets the call up. Um, it's his number five overall prospect. In 2021, he had 14 home runs, six stolen bases, right around 300, and that was across two levels. Um, obviously, it was a, a shortened season for the minors. Uh, he only had slightly over 100 games. Um, and those numbers are completely wrong. So just completely ignore everything I said. He went 24 and 16, not 14 and six. Um, so in 17 games here in 2022, he has one home run, three stolen bases across A ball and triple A, hitting 274, 338, 387 at triple A over 15 games. He's now hitting 400 over 2 games in the majors. I mean, we've been talking about Riley Green, but now that he's officially up. Let's let's really kind of dig in here and and talk about him rest of season. I mean, I don't think he's he's going back down as, assuming he doesn't like hit zero the rest of the way out.
0: Yeah. Um so okay, so I was uh, I think I wrote a uh, a Riley Green um by, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago. Uh, and I also, I wrote a Riley green, uh, rookie outlook outlook post back in, uh, I think it was, uh, October, November of last year, because, uh, I assumed he was going to be up with the, uh, tigers at some point. I wasn't sure when, uh, blah, blah, blah. So then it looked like he was going to break camp with the team, but he fractured his foot and that set him back. I think he was out for about six weeks and, you know, um, speaking of fractured foot. Oh, please, Ozzy Albie's come back soon. OK, anyway, so, uh, you know, so then Riley Green. So essentially was, um, I think, was going to be a top five prospect at, you know, at any point because he was uh, well, at least for the last, you know, six months because he's a five tool guy. So he's got power, speed. He should hit for average, even. Um, he hasn't necessarily always done that, but he, he should hit for average, uh, you know, if his as long as his Ks are kept in check. So, like, the strikeouts are probably my biggest concern with him, because every time he uh, gets promoted up to a new level, it seems like his strikeouts... Uh, balloon a little bit higher and then he hits for a little bit lower average at first and then like he it cuts it comes into check and he hits for a good you know a decent average and everything comes together so you know like I was I was saying in my original rookie outlet post back in uh, October November that he seems like the type that is gonna uh, you know come up hit 230 then You know, maybe hit 250 and then like, you know, and then maybe because he's still very young, by the way, he's only he's 21 years old. So then by the time he was 23, I was saying in my outlook post that he's going to hit, you know, 280 and people are going to be like, wow, is Riley Green an average hitter now? And it's like, yeah, he always was. It's just he was only 21 years old. So that was sort of my, like, you know, random prediction back in October of last year. That could still happen, by the way. I, you know, I, it, it's weird. Whenever rookies come up, you don't know exactly what to expect. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's never, you know, it's never a linear line, uh, at least not usually, for most of these guys. So I think, you know, Riley Green could potentially hit 220 or he could hit 280. Those are the only two things that are really, I think, up in question. Like, he has great power, great speed. I mean, he could potentially hit uh, 15-15 in the rest of the season, which is, you know, uh, roughly, where are we at? Like, 90, 100 games left. So, uh, you know, like, that's pretty good. Pro-rated over the season, that's like a 2020 season from a rookie, which is really good. I mean, for a rookie to have a 2020 season would be excellent. So if I'm saying he could be 15-15 this year, you know, I, I, I respect the projections. I mean, that's that's excellent. That, that is not something you probably are going to get from anyone else uh, as far as call-ups. I don't think there's going to be, you know, this the rest of this year at least, I don't think we're going to see a bat. Quite as impactful as Riley Green. If we, you know, we might get another guy come up and hit well. Uh, you know, like uh, who, like Juan Yepes from the Cardinals, for instance. Like he came up and he was really good for like a couple of weeks, and then we saw him, you know, sort of fall back to where he was gonna be uh, originally. It's just he came up and he was hot originally. You know, Riley Green whether he's hot originally or whether he's cold, it's kind of irrelevant. The tools are there. Like, he is an excellent hitter. It's not, it's not a matter of, you know, whether or not he can do it. It's just a matter, a matter of whether or not when he will do it. Uh, he could do it immediately. And for that reason, I would grab him in every league. I grabbed him in our RCL league, which is a 12-team mixed league. I would grab him in a 10-team mixed league. I would grab him in any league, really. I I think he's probably the guy, the call-up out of all the guys we're going to talk about, you know, uh, other guys who came up, uh, Kirilov and uh, O'Neill, Cruz and uh, CJ Abrams sounds like he is coming up. We're going to be talking about them, but out of all of them, Riley Green, I think, is the guy.
1: Fair enough. Uh, I kind of like uh, both Cruz and Abrams uh, just from a – speed standpoint i think their speed is is probably plays up uh, a little bit better than riley green's does riley green has speed no no question he has speed um but i think he's really just kind of a smart baseball player and understands when this deal bases whereas like O'Neill cruz and cj abrams have like legitimate 60 you know 60 grade speed uh so um i will say that just from a you know who who is the number one call up i I think it could be any three of them. We're going to talk about the others here. Um, I, I think any of them could honestly be the number one across the rest of the season. Uh, for Riley Green, I will say when he does get moved up, he, the the strikeouts may come uh, up up with him when he gets promoted. But the average really hasn't ever kind of bottomed out, other than a a very short stint kind of in in twenty nineteen at a ball. Um, but again, he was 18 at a ball that in 24 games. So, uh, other than that little stint, like he's always kind of maintained the average. I'm not saying he's going to maintain a 300 average like he has in the minors. That's not, that's not generally how we, you know, we see hitters come up and project straight forward. Um, you know, but, but 265, 270, And then like you said, the, the upside is like a 15, 15. I think 10, 10 is very reasonable and, and very much in play for him. Um, on the west, on the way, west. rest, of, rest the way of the way out. Um,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I think uh, you know, not to uh, m- to make sure people understand what I'm saying. Uh, I don't want to get it, don't get it twisted. Um, I don't think uh, Riley Green necessarily has to be the best guy out of these. I just think uh, long term, I think he's got the biggest upside. I think Riley Green, like for this year. I mean, it could be it could be anyone. It could be a guy who we don't even know yet could be the best call-up for the rest of the year. I'm just saying, like, if it if it were to be like the best guy because of you know the best uh, prospect grades, Riley Green's the guy. I mean, he's like you said, he's a itch. He's an itch top five overall guy. He's he's a top prospect. Um, you know, like. You know, like if a, jar, a, jar, uh, a jarred um, clinic were to be called up and I were to say, you know, like when he was called up, I probably said a similar thing that he's like he's the best prospect call up. Now, obviously, that didn't work out <laughs> in, a, in a really profound way. He was awful <laughs> and he continued to be awful for many, many games. But when he was called up, I probably said something like he's going to be the best call up. Obviously, it didn't work out. But if you're just going on, like, you know, prospect grades, Riley Green's the best prospect we're going to see coming up this year. Um, whether or not he performs at that level, uh, who knows? I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's talk about another guy that that got called back up. Um, we've seen him at the major league level before. I feel like we, we spoke this one into existence. I, I told you I wasn't going to stop talking about him until he got called up. And, you know, the Twins – you know, they, they relinquished, and they, they have called him up. Uh, he's no, actually no longer a rookie. He exceeded his limits last year, but this is Alex Kirilov we're talking about. Um, he He's coming back up. 35 games to AAA this year. He had 359, 465, 64, 641, 10 home runs, one stolen base. We know he can hit AAA pitching. That's that's of no question. Do you think he can carry it over this time?
0: Uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that. that was the confidence level on that. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, now that we are no longer using our uh, dream catcher for Alex Kirilov, can we use it for Matt Olson to be better? <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we wish cast towards Matt Olson? Is yes. that possible? I'm in. Okay, great. Uh, I think Kirilov, you know, like, unlike uh, Riley Green. Who just needs to have a you know Riley Green just needs to hit some homers and steal some bags and he's only going to be so bad where Kirilov needs to hit for power and probably needs to hit for average which you know it's a uh, it's a bit of a taller water because he has you know zero speed so it's unlikely you know Kirilov is kind of like a guy where you know if he does well I'm um, for him in all leagues, but honestly, I picked him up in our uh, our 12-team mixed league uh, RCL, and I mean, I might not hold him. To be honest, I, I could potentially drop. I could see dropping him even this week. I don't know. You know, like he's like at you know at best he is uh, power and average, but reality for mixed league. He's probably replaceable for most shallower mixed leagues. I don't know. I it depends on how well he hits when he first gets called up. If he hits well, then sure. I mean, you know, I think what we're looking at on the best on the best case scenario side is probably Hunter Renfro. And on the worst case, it's probably a guy who you can just pick up off of waivers like a, you know, just like a hot bat, like anyone, really, you know. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, like a Brad Miller, like could be as good as Alex Kirilov if Brad Miller was hot. Uh, you know, so, you know, I like Kirilov long term. I, uh, I actually I like him a lot. You know, I, I just think he needs everyday playing time. He needs to hit. And is uh, you know he's probably replaceable in shallower leagues. So I would I would probably you know I would look at I would look at grabbing him to see if he comes up hot. But uh, you know obviously I'm I'm hedging a lot with him. I mean he's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't yeah. I don't dislike him. It's just like eh, he's kind of replaceable too.
1: Yeah. When you when part of the game that you're counting on is going to be average, and he's not going to bring at least early in his career, I don't expect him to bring like you know 40 home run power so when you're kind of expecting the balance of average and power you're right there is something that ha- that's to be said for that because it is a tough double you know to to, to kind of have um he is hitting five and six in their lineup so far since he's been called up that's good to see that at least if they're calling up that they bear him in the bottom of their lineup um i'm a big kirloff fan so i'm just gonna Say that and leave that for what it is. I have him in a number of leagues. Um, so I, th- I think he's worth a pickup. The dual eligibility certainly helps with that too. First base outfield. So you have him for corner infield or you can put him in outfield. That gives you a little bit of flexibility. Um, that's always nice to have on your bench, especially in shallower bench leagues. Now moving on to a guy that needs to be picked up everywhere. Uh, after being kind of faked out initially, O'Neill Cruz is, I believe, we still haven't like as seen him on a roster O'Neill cruz is coming up um he had 232 336 422 nine home runs 11 stolen bases in the minors this year but since the start of may he's hitting 263 and since the start of june he's hitting 277 with the strikeouts coming down quite a bit over that time now we talked about itch's rankings you talked about how we we have um you know, Riley Green at five, Abrams comes in at four, and O'Neal Cruz comes in at two. I actually traded O'Neal Cruz two itch in a dynasty league because O'Neal, he just loves O'Neal Cruz. I think he's probably the highest person in that has any kind of real prospect pedigree here. We're talking about on O'Neal Cruz. Why don't you talk to me about what you expect? I mean, the, the K-rate is I think a concern, but we saw him for a little bit last year and he did fine. Yeah, no,
0: definitely. You know, O'Neill Cruz is, uh, I, I can see why itch is so high on O'Neill Cruz. Um, you know, just put it out there for me for big pitcher, I'd probably say Riley green, then O'Neill Cruz. Um, and then, and then Abrams and then Kirilov. Uh, yes, we're not doing this in any sort of order. (laughs) So that's that's relatively confusing, but not completely. I I think people can follow along. So O'Neal Cruz, I I mean, I can kind of understand why itch is so high on him because I think, well, O'Neal Cruz, you have to be high on him because he's seven feet tall. (laughs) So I think I know why he's so high on him because he hits the ball so hard. So I think O'Neal Cruz, you know, like last year, In only, I want to say, two games last year, he had, like, a top five overall max exit velocity. So what that means for the uh, layperson, um, you know, it's like if you can hit the ball that hard, even if it's only once, like a max exit velocity is essentially saying, like, if you can hit the ball once that hard, you're going to hit the ball hard in general. I mean, it's just in general, you're just going to hit the ball hard. So, I mean, if no one's seen O'Neill Cruz and hasn't seen how he hits the ball, I mean, he can hit a, a ball three inches off the ground and on the outside corner for a home run. Like he's able to, he's able to basically golf out homers. He's, he can hit the high fastball. He can hit a lot. He can hit basically any pitch for a home run because he hits everything so hard because he has such long arms uh, and he's you know he's got a beautiful swing. I mean, he really is. He 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 should be great. I I don't the pirates suck. <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> by the way, the Tigers suck too. So you know that's you know no offense to our are many uh, Pirates and Tigers listeners, all three of them. But, I, you know, I think the, the Pirates are probably even a little bit better than the Tigers, to be honest. But the Pirates, but PNC is terrible. Not that Comerica is that good either. But, you know, it's like O'Neill Cruz is not in a great place. I mean, Riley Green wasn't in a great place either. So, I mean, you know, both, neither of them, I wish they were coming up to, like, you know, great surroundings and, like, you know, shoving them into, like, the Yankees lineup or something, but that's not happening. Uh, O'Neill Cruz, I think, could be, you know, I I really feel like O'Neill Cruz could be the top call up too. Like Riley Green or O'Neill Cruz, it's kind of like, it, it's a bit of like, you know, uh, six of one, half a dozen of another. I think uh, O'Neill Cruz probably has more power and potentially more speed. Uh, I think he's going to, I think he could actually, he hit for a worse average though. So, and an average in a way that could actually be hurt. Like it could hurt. Like he could hit for a 220 average. Like he might, he might bottom out in batting average. I don't know if he will necessarily. Like, you know, he made decent contact in AAA uh, and eventually he was hitting really well. Towards the end, there I think in his final uh, his final month there he was hitting really uh, I I don't know the exact number but I think he was hitting really well um, so I I like O'Neill Cruz a lot he's got power and speed which is immediately immediately like you know a a grab for every league uh, I'm excited I have him in my actually I have him in my keeper league and I kept him all you know for the two months while I was waiting for him to get called up. So, I I'm definitely committed. I I I'm a big fan. I think he could be he could be a like 25 30 30 homer, 20 steal, 250 hitter as soon as next year. Like, he could be really excellent. Um so I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I th- this year worries me a little bit just to see where his uh, you know where his average is at because like it took a it took a lot of him hitting well in like the last month because going into like I think going into May like he was hitting like 180 in AAA for a while like it it might have been a motivational thing because you know he was pissed off at the Pirates for demoting him I don't I don't know for sure but he wasn't hitting well. For a long, for a good stretch in the minors this year. I mean, he's probably fine and he'll probably hit for, you know, 240 plus, but there's a chance here his batting average could bottom out, at least for this year. Eventually, he'll figure it out and he's going to be a superstar. But, you know, for right now, uh, it's a little bit concerning, maybe on the average.
1: Yeah, when it comes to prospect guys, there tends to be two, like, separate and then you know everybody kind of falls in the middle of of it but like there's there's guys that go for the tools and and O'Neill cruz is a tools guy like the tools on O'Neill cruz are super loud he could mash the ball he's fast like everything's there missing the hit tool and then there's the hit tool guys and that's like you know the people who are going to like riley green more are more the hit tool guy cj abrams more he's more of a hit tool guy although he has all sorts of tools as well but O'Neill Cruz just has like everything to put together to have like Stanton power, and then still chip in, you know, fifteen, twenty stolen bases on top of that. So that's that's the type of thing we're talking about if he figures out the hit tool part of it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Manny Machado has the ankle leg thing. If you are squeamish, don't don't watch that video. It's not good. Um, we're still waiting to see kind of what timeline that is. But C.J. Abrams, me- in the meantime, is coming up. Number four on itch's most recent update in AAA in 30 games. He had 314, 364, 507, seven home runs, 10 stolen bases. Um, you know, I mentioned kind of O'Neill Cruz being like a 60-speed a guy. Abrams is an 80. He, he's he's going to steal bases. That's just what he's going to do. Uh, not a great show in his first time up at least average wise 182 um but where are you at on abrams rest season i love cj abrams i'm a big fan of his but uh where do you think do you think he's staying up if manny machado's back in say three weeks to a month
0: yeah probably depends on what abrams does i think uh you know i honestly I had Abrams all over the place uh, to begin of the year when he was with the Padres, and it, it was miserable own, uh, owning him. It was <laughs> not good. Uh, I, that was, you know, a small sample size, and I'm sure he'll be fine. Uh, it was just a, it was a miserable experience. <laughs> it was just from. <laughs> I feel like I'm at a, uh, <laughs> I'm at a meeting now of C.J. Abrams' uh, previous owners uh it was just it was bad man uh i had uh you know i had such high hopes for him and he really he kicked me in the old uh um you know what i'm saying (laughs) um i like so i like him obviously i think you know his tools should translate quicker than anyone because he has such crazy speed like if he's able to get on base he could you know he could steal 20 bags in like, you know, 3 months um of uh, you know, that's and for those who are really bad at math, that's like a 40 steal guy over the course of a season. <laughs> so, I you know, I think uh I think I'd grab him everywhere, especially places where you need steals and like who doesn't need steals? I mean, everyone needs those. So, yeah, I mean, he's worth grabbing. Honestly, I think Machado um I don't know. I, I would guess, like like you said, we don't really have the information right now as we record this. I would say Machado's probably going to be out for three weeks to a month. I don't know. If, uh, you know, who knows? I, I have no idea uh, of his injury. But if Abrams is up even for, you know, even for two weeks, he's worth grabbing to see what happens. I mean, maybe he comes up and he steals, like, a few bags, hits a home run or two, and, you know, does well. He's... He should be, like, I thought he was going to, like, what I expected going into the year. Like, he should be the Padres leadoff guy and, like, have, like, Trey Turner, like, light-type numbers. Like, that's the kind of player he is. I mean, he could be, like, Trey Turner, but right now, I mean, you know, he's nothing more than a flyer at this point.
1: Right. I mean, he's still young. He's, he's 21 years old coming up to the majors. So anytime you're talking about 21 year old coming up to the majors, there's some adjustments that are likely to be made, but he's already seen it. He had some time to go back down and kind of work on some things. And he was absolutely crushing the ball in the minors. Um, so I'm, I'm still grabbing CJ Abrams everywhere I can get him. Uh, I think for me, for rest of season, I think Riley Green is probably number 1 for me just because he does have power speed and his the, the hit tools there and he's not going anywhere. He's got call up, he, he's staying. I think O'Neill Cruz is 2 again cuz he's not going anywhere. Abrams 3, Kirilov 4. Abrams would move up to 2 for me if I knew he was staying around, but there's there's definitely a possibility in a month that the Padres is like, "No, go ahead and back down. We want to play you every day rather than have you coming in and out of the lineup." you know, you're, you're too good for us to be doing that to you. Um, That being said, like Hassan Kim doesn't need to play every day. They could, they could easily find a way for him to to do that. And Abrams has played a little bit of outfield in the majors and minors this year. So if they can switch him in and out for some outfield spots, maybe there's a little bit there. And honestly, the like the one and two spot are kind of up for grabs. Cronenworth is going to stay up there, but like he could take profile spot at the top if he gets going.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: All right, you talked about Aussie Albies. I just wanted to talk about him real quick since he did get transferred to the 60-day IL. I mean, it's tough, but if you're in a redraft league and you're filled with IL spots, are you hanging on to him because we know what kind of difference maker he can be in a minimal time? Or just knowing how much time he's missing, are you potentially dropping him or trying to find just a, any kind of trade that'll help you fill that void right now?
0: Yeah. Um... Can I trade his foot onto Matt Olson's body? Is that, is that a trade I can do? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm, done the hold, other way? <laughs> I'm holding Albies for, uh, I mean, unless, unless you're really like, you know, in a IL crunch, I would say you got to hold Albies, assuming, you know, uh, 60 days puts him at, like, I think, mid-August as a return. So you have him for the final six weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, it seems worth holding on to him for that. Um, you know, I mean, every I think every team is probably going to have a, a different scenario. So it, it depends on your team. Like, if you have, you know, five guys on the I.L. already, then, you know, I mean, I guess Alby's Albie's final six weeks might not be much better than, you know, uh john birdie's final six weeks i mean who knows you know like I, I i i in other words you you might be able to get a guy off of waivers rather than hold alby so yeah i mean he's droppable but i'm i'm holding him personally
1: yeah i, I would try everything i can to hold him um but yeah if you're in a roster crunch if you're like in our rCLs 12 teams three-man bench we only have two ils i believe or maybe three maybe three.
0: I I think it's three, but yeah, it's It's not, yeah, it's, it's tight. I, in a RCL 12 team league, I probably drop Albies in my, uh, I have Albies in a, uh, only where I'm absolutely holding them. I have Albies in a 15 team, uh, mix league where I'm holding them as well for now. Um, but yeah, 10 team or 12 team. You can probably move on. All
1: right. Let's let's talk about another call up. Jaron Duran. Um, down in in AAA, he was hitting three hundred five, three seventy nine, five thirty one, six home runs, three, eleven stolen bases. Um, he's been kind of shuffled back up and forth for like a game or two here and there. We got Kiki on the L. He has actually been leading off when he's in the lineup, which was, I believe, three of the last four games since he's been called up. Um, This is another one. Do you think he's sticking up this time around? Um, Projections for Rudy rest of the season is 248, five home runs, seven stolen bases. So it seems like just from the numbers, Rudy at least putting him into a a mostly uh, remaining in the lineup situation right now.
0: Right. Yeah, those... Uh, those numbers don't sound accurate whatsoever. It <laughs> <They> sounds <laughs> like so like if if Duran is going to be in the lineup, there's no way he's getting those numbers. I mean, those sound like like a different player. <laughs> I, I unless I'm misreading Duran completely because to me, Duran could steal fifty bags. Like if you see if you watch Duran play, you're like, wow, this guy is a difference maker when it comes to steals, but also. If you see his numbers, I mean, this is also like there's a a small sample size thing happening here. But, you know, for right now, I don't know if he's a major league player like he may not be. He may be a quad a player. I don't know. Like it's starting to it's starting to be concerning when I see like every time he gets promoted, he strikes out so much and he can't he can't handle major league pitching so far like it's like he has a a four as of the recording of this he has a 412 Babbitt with only a 269 average like that that's not sustainable that that's a that's a 210 average waiting to happen even with his speed he's not gonna have a 412 Babbitt I mean maybe maybe a 370 Babbitt at best, if he's uh, even with his speed, like his speed is crazy. Anyone who's watched him play, and he's got good power too. Like if you if you see him, like he's able to. I think he's able to hit like ten homers and steal fifty bags, which is like like that's crazy. That's like oh my god, you know that's someone you want in every league. But then you see like his inability to uh you know make contact at the major league level and you're like uh, I mean can, is he not a major league hitter? I don't know. I and also I don't think he's staying up or if he stays up I don't think he's going to be an everyday player once uh you know either Enrique Hernandez returns or 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 they just get back um, uh, I guess it would be Enrique it would be the guy who they would be getting back. Yeah, I mean, I think once he comes back, I don't know. I don't know if Durant stays up. At, at least not the way he's hitting right now. I, I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think that there's definitely a chance he's getting sent back down whenever uh, Enrique is healthy again. I, I do think, you know, it, it is a small sample size. It's only been seven games for him. So initially striking out a bunch that, that just kind of seems par for the course. Um, I'm willing to give him a little bit of pass, but I think among the names we've talked about, he is last of those guys for me. Again, he just isn't of the same necessarily pedigree of him, of them, and, and then the, the chance of getting sent down. All right, moving on to an arm this time is, is Shane Baz, who is coming back from injury um he had four starts at AAA this year One three eight zero point nine two 0.92 whip 37.7 k rate 7 half walk rate um he's back up he's had two starts he's gone 8 and a third given up five earned, nine strikeouts three walks uh Shane Baz is i mean he's one of the top arms out there in the minor league systems are you again pick is he a pickup in every format are you maybe streaming him in shallower leagues where are you at on Shane Bass?
0: Oh yeah, no, he's he should be a hundred percent owned in every league. I think he's uh I think he's probably I had him ranked, I believe, like top 30 before it was announced that he was having uh his uh, elbow operated on. And that's a, a surgery, unlike a you know, a Tommy John or something. Uh, you know, the surgery had is fairly minor and it, it, the recovery time shouldn't be, you know, any much longer than he's had already. I think he's fine. He's good to go. Um, I you know he's a guy who I, I think if I were re ranking right now, I'd probably rank him at round like top 30 to 40 just because of, you know, there's a little bit of risk involved, I guess, but yeah, he's, he, he's an ace waiting to happen. I mean, he's probably like, you know him or dylan cease if if boz were completely healthy is kind of what i'm thinking uh you know so and i think he probably is healthy by this point but you know maybe not so because there's that risk involved then i would probably drop him a little bit further down but yeah no yeah shane boz is like he's a top arm for sure
1: yeah absolutely he is and just sits uh You know, we we told you where itch is having these guys. He's the number two pitcher on itch's uh, most recent update. He's number eight behind George Kirby, who we've already seen up. And then number nine is uh, Grayson Rodriguez, who comes in right behind him. So, you know, there's there's a lot of of upside here with with Shane Baz and what he can bring. Yeah, I agree. Grab him everywhere. Let's move over to a couple brave starters. Gray, uh, Spencer Strider, as a starter since he's made the switch, four starts, nineteen and two thirds innings, thirty-one Ks, ten walks, a two-seven-five ERA, one-zero-seven WHIP. Spencer Strider looks great. I know I am in Atlanta, so I hear a lot about fans just talking about him. they they love him down here. Are you as uh, in love with Spencer Strider as the as the Atl- Atlians are? I right. well, you know, with his mustache, I I actually
0: am very in love with him. <laughs> I I wonder if uh, I wonder if a brave starter can last longer than uh, twenty starts, though. <laughs> that's that's my biggest concern with the Braves. You know, going back to what we've said previous shows, you know, I like the Tuki Toussaint thing has really got me shook when it comes to (laughs) break stars. And, uh, hey, Oscar, you know, and, you know, just guys just coming out of nowhere and being like, wow, Mike Soroka, he's going to be an ace. (laughs) It's like, wait, whatever happened to that guy? (laughs) Does he exist still? I I know he had had Achilles issues, um, but it's just like they have so many of these guys that just like come out of nowhere and you're like, oh, wow. Like, this guy is going to be amazing. I love this Tucker Davidson guy. It's like, no, nah, you don't. <laughs> hey, hey, I love, uh, hey, Oscar, you know. No, nah, you don't. Oh, what about Tuki Tucson? Nope, you don't like him either anymore. You liked him for three weeks. Now you don't like him. So I do like Spencer Strider. I I mean, I think he's he looks excellent. I have, you know, I have no issue with grabbing him in every league. I think... Uh, you know, he's definitely worth um, rostering. Can he keep this up? I don't know. I thought Ian Anderson would keep it up, <laughs> and he's been terrible this year. You know, it's like Ian Anderson was amazing last year. This year, uh, Ian Anderson has like a seven and a half K per nine. So, yeah, I mean, I think Spencer Strider for right now, I w- I'm absolutely all about him, but – you know, I am a little concerned for dynasty leagues. I'd be, I'd be a little hesitant about pushing all my chips in for a brave starter.
1: Yeah. I I can certainly understand that based on, you know, like you said, we've, we've talked about it before. Um, He was in the bullpen to to begin the year. There's kind of a long man. And then they finally decided to give him a starting position. So there's always that possibility lingering in the back of your head too. It's like, Oh, if they, they stuck him as a long man before they could do it. They could do it again, Um, but yeah, I mean, he looks great right now. All the numbers are phenomenal. He's throwing, you know, just absolute gas, 98, 99, hundred mile an hour fastball, nasty slider. Um, so yeah, everything looks great for now. I mean, if we're choosing between brave starters, I'd still take Kyle Wright over him. Um, I just feel better about the pitch mix. I feel better that we've seen, uh, you know, an extended look at at Kyle Wright as a starter, but Spencer Striders too, for me right now, and at least in the Braves arms. Mhm. Uh number who's not number 2 for me right now is Charlie Morton. Uh, I know some people kind of uh you know they they enjoyed his, his last start. Uh, it was against uh my Cubbies. Obviously, we're terrible and the wind was blowing in, so that kind of aided him in going the 7 innings, 9 strikeouts. Um are are you back in on Charlie Morton after a strong outing? Some of the spin numbers are are looking a little bit better. Um but where are you on Charlie Martin? Uh, you know,
0: I think, um, I'm kind of concerned about, like, Charlie Morton's numbers look like he's, he looks like he's starting to fade a little bit. Like, the age is finally starting to catch up to him, uh, a, a tad, or, or it's the mechanics. Something, something's a little bit off with him. He doesn't look completely right. Like his, um... You know, like his, uh, uh, his is uh, what call The percentage of the uh, the swings in the inside the strike zone is uh, is very high, and the and his swinging strikes is down. So you know, like he's he's not missing bats like he was, and he but he is missing the plate more. So he's kind of like he's kind of in the zone and getting hit, and then also out of the zone and walking guys, which isn't a great... It's not a great mix. Uh, he doesn't look, like, as bad as he's been if you just look at his um, ERA. And his also, his velocity is fine. So that's why I'm kind of wondering if it's maybe a mechanics thing. No. I don't know. I, 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 I don't hate Charlie Moore necessarily, like, in a deeper league, because, like I said, his ERA is probably over where it should be. Like, he could... He could have some a positive regression. Is that? That's not a thing. No, positive that, regression sounds right. like an yeah. an irony. It, it sounds like an oxymoron. Uh, it's like funny. we could have a jumbo shrimp. Okay, yeah. So his his jumbo shrimp could be better. <laughs> I I think he is likely. You know, I mean, he's worth rostering in fifteen team mix leagues and deeper in a twelve team mixed league. I mean, yeah, I, I would probably, you know, he's probably a streamer in a, like an RCL league, but the, those are shallow leagues, mm-hmm. and you got to stream a lot of guys. So I'd probably, I'd probably stream out Morton in some of the shallower leagues, but I would in a deeper league. I could actually see a buying opportunity for a deeper league if he were, you know, because he just needs. He just needs to fix his command, and you know that's fixable. Versus like you know his velocity being down or something.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't even know if it's necessarily the command that concerns me. That the breaking balls just aren't. They're not breaking. Like he. he I know we talked about this early in the season, um, and the spin rate. Like I said, it's come back up. So I do think it's something mechanical where, you know, the spin is. It's not. It's there, but it's not creating the same movement. It could be the new ball, um, but it's not breaking horizontally. It's not breaking vertically like it has these last few seasons when he's really been performing. Uh, the, the strikeouts are there. So I think from a fantasy perspective, he's somebody you can stream or you know keep on the back end of your roster because the Ks are there. Um, but that's that, – Again, it's I think it's an ERA risk as of right now to be continue running him out there in the game against the Cubs, where he had nine strikeouts. I mean, Keegan Thompson was on the other stri- side with nine strikeouts. That's a career high for him. The the situations of the game were just playing to hitter or to the pitchers. Um, whenever the wind's blowing in as hard as it was that day, so I- I'm taking this chance to sell Charlie Morton if I can, um, but I'm perfectly fine as a back end streamer too. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right, I was really high on Pablo Lopez, and then in June he's had a 6.48 ERA with a 1-3-8 WHIP. Velocities down across the board on all his pitches from last year. Um, none of the pitches are showing the same horizontal movement they have, you know, in the last couple of years. Are you worried about Pablo Lopez? Do you think he figures it out? What are we doing here, Greg? Save me! Tell me he's going to be okay. No, <laughs> he's not.
0: He's not. I, I I was out on him coming into the year. I mean, he had a shoulder injury in September of last year. It was I don't I don't think it was ever fully addressed. I you know I'm I'm pretty concerned. I think you know what we saw was a guy who was good in the beginning of the year because he had a full off of rest, and now that he's pitched two months, it's starting to catch up to him. I, yeah, I would be. I'd be selling if I were, you know, someone who had Pablo Lopez. I don't have him, though.
1: So, you know, I'm good. Yeah, that doesn't make me feel any better, Gray. Thanks. Um, <laughs> My bad. I mean, through the end of May, he had a 183 ERA. We were looking at a guy with over a 9K per nine. Every, I mean, everything was working great for, for him. But, yeah, I do wonder if maybe that, that injury is catching up to him or maybe the number of innings. The, the most he's ever thrown is 111 in any season. Um, so there, there's maybe a potential concern that he's, he's heading for an IL stint. Um, you know, it's only a few bad outings, so I'm not giving up on Pablo Lopez, but I have sat him down, um, in a couple of leagues where I have a number of, of good pitchers and good, good matchups this week. Uh, so that he can kind of figure it out and I can feel a little bit better about throwing him out there.
0: Well, let, uh, let me give you a, uh, an either or who do you want Pablo Lopez or Robbie Ray?
1: Uh I'll take Ray for the strikeouts. Wow. I'm I'm same,
0: same, 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 yeah. same.
1: Even when Pablo's going his best, he's slightly over nine K per nine, you know, like twenty four, twenty five, twenty six percent. I mean, Robbie Ray can be a, a thirty plus percent K rate guy. Yeah, word. All right. Uh moving over, uh John Birdie. I mean, he he's gone all flash. Uh, The savior of the stolen base category for us this year. Already a career high in stolen bases at 32 years old. He has 18 stolen bases in 36 games. He's got two home runs, 22 runs, 11 RBIs. Uh, He is moving all over the lineup, but just stealing wherever he goes. Top 50 in sprint speed and 90-foot splits. I mean, can John Birdie keep this up, or is he going to morph back into John Birdie? Um, no, I think he could keep it up more or less. I mean, I, I don't
0: know if he's necessarily going to keep up his batting average, which is kind of driving the steals in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I would definitely grab him in every league right now while he's hitting and, you know, he's stealing bases. He does have speed, as you mentioned. So if he get on base, he can steal bases. I don't know, like, I don't think they have anyone else really like to uh, supplant him. Um, So I would guess he's going to continue getting at bats. You know, they, um, you know, if he's getting, and if he's getting at bats, he's going to steal bases as long as he's getting on base. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. He seems fine for Sagnoff, nothing else really. I mean, he steals uh, more or less. I, I was looking at his steals, and I have him on an NL only uh, team. I have him on uh, a team where I need steals, and I ha- and for some reason he has 18 steals on the year, and on my team I only have 16 steals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. I, somehow I've gotten negative points for steals. <laughs> I think <laughs> I gotta look at maybe because I have uh, pool holes. Huh. All right, I'll, I'll look into that. Anyway, yeah, yeah I think Bird. Bert- fine for steals he
1: really wasn't playing very much early in the season he had nine games in the march april Mm -hmm. period and then nine games in may he has 17 games in june so i mean you got to get playing time even in an al only to really come in and and, you know put get in the roster roster. um Um, well i guess that just depends uh, on how good your al only team is uh NL yeah it's not
0: it's not very good but still (laughs) I I probably had him benched at one point for like I don't I don't you know what I don't even know (laughs) it's it's not a good team all
1: right right, fair (laughs) enough Uh, yeah Adam everywhere anybody who steals like he is needs to be on every any he needs to be owned on in somebody's roster uh let's talk about a couple of first basemen who have been hot here uh Ryan Mountcastle who is the only person who can hit home runs to left field in Baltimore now he has a career high in barrel rate, average exit velocity, and hard hit. Uh, Luke Voigt, top three on the player radar last week, two forty-five nine home runs on the season in forty-nine games, two eighty-four six home runs here in June. Um, you know, let's just talk about these guys for rest of season. First base, who would you rather have, and where are they kind of falling for you among first basemen?
0: Mm, well, I think you know with. With uh, Machado, his injury actually could be a good thing for Voight, potentially because uh, Voight could, you know, get cemented in that sort of middle of the lineup area because they don't really have uh, another guy um, to do it. Uh, and Mount Mountcastle though, I, I'm going Mountcastle anyway. Long long story short, I'm going Mountcastle over Voight. I think uh, I think Mountcastle. He was actually before they they moved the fences back in uh, in Baltimore to try and make Dean Kramer a thing. <laughs> I don't even know what were they thinking? What Hey, Baltimore, your pitching sucks. If anything, move the fences in. And let's have a home run derby every game. Huh? Huh? Keep the fans happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, hey, you know, uh, chicks dig the long ball. Haven't you heard? Um, yeah, so I don't know. With- Mountcastle, though, he was a guy who I felt like was a a good bet for a two seventy type year uh two seventy hitter with like thirty homers. and then when they moved the fences, I was like, oh maybe twenty four homers, you know i I think I took like six homers off of his uh, bottom line i was i was pretty I was a pretty big fan though of Mountcastle before the fences moved. I think he's actually really talented. I think Mountcastle could be like a top 12 first baseman. Um, Luke Voigt, I, I feel like he's just a hot bat right now. I, I don't have any real faith in Luke Voigt. You know, he had it. But we saw in, like, 2020, he could have a hot bat for two months. Like, he's he's got that potential. So he could stay hot. But in general, I think Luke Voigt is more or less just, like, a schmittato.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I'm with uh, you about uh, Castles kind of in that back end first, t- you know, top 12 first base somewhere in like the eight to 12 range past. Like, I mean, even though Matt Olsen sucked, you know, I would still probably take Olsen. Still probably taking Rizzo still probably taking, uh, Crone's just in Colorado. So probably him, but then he can, he can slot in with like Jared Walsh and Reese Hoskins and Josh Bell, and those guys. Um, and then I, I guess on, on void, would you rather have him or Max Muncy?
0: Oh, void for sure. I think Muncie's broken. Okay. I think M- Muncy's got a. Uh, I mean, he had an elbow issue like in uh, September, October of last year that it never really healed. I-, I don't think Muncy's right. I think he's at. I think he's at like sixty percent, and you know, he's a uh, he's a gamer man. <laughs> he wants to get out there and game. But he should be on the IL. I, I don't think Muncy's uh, 100%. So I wouldn't actually, in most leagues, like, I had Muncy super late in my rankings, and, and nothing's changed yeah. since then. I, in most leagues, I don't think I'd roster Muncy, to be honest. I think he's probably droppable. and. Like, at least 12-team and shallower, for sure. Yeah,
1: his ADP with the injury just didn't make sense to me either. So I, I really don't have him, like, anywhere. So it's not really going to affect me. But, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I would take Void over Muncie. So I think Muncie probably comes in, I don't know, top top 20, somewhere around, like, 16, 17, somewhere in that area um, for rest of the season. And maybe even higher if you're just trying to trying to look out for some, saying, You said Muncie, Voight, you wait, Sorry, yeah,
0: that's okay. Yeah, no, I know what you meant. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if everyone listening knew what you meant though. So yes. that's why I was like, you know what, I'm gonna correct you. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. It's, uh, we get it. <laughs> a, little liquid, a little liquid, paper over your words, but yeah. Now I I hear you. I think void is probably 17 to 20 sounds about right for a first baseman. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, let's talk about one more guy right. before we move over to some bullpen and waiver wire. Um, let's let's talk about Josh Lowe, another call up. You know. 299, 382, 540, six home runs, six home bases. Uh, does have a 31% K rate, but an 11.5% walk rate down in the minors this year. He's coming, he's coming up. Are you interested in Josh Lowe? Where does he kind of fit in with, with the prospect call ups we've talked about so far?
0: Yeah, no, I'm not interested in Josh Lowe at all. So he's probably going to be the best one. <laughs> he's, he's the one that's really going to be the difference maker because I could care less about Josh Lowe. <laughs> I honestly, I you know, Josh Lowe, like, look at Bruhan too. Like, the Rays, they just platoon everyone. So it kind of makes it difficult, at least in, like, because Josh Lowe, if he plays every day, he's an automatic for me for 15 team mixed league or deeper, but because he's a platoon guy because of the raise, then it, it ruins that because, well, at least for me, 15 team mixed in my head, at least means a weekly league. Um, if it's a 15 team mixed league uh, daily, I guess, he, I guess Josh Lowe is fine there as long as you can move him in and out of your lineup in like a daily league format. But I, I just, I need to see something from Josh Lowe because, like, he's also come up and sent down and done nothing and, and not hit for average and really, like, a lot of strikeouts, especially, like, he was hitting for, uh, he was striking out a lot even in Triple A So, like, he needs to have a really high Babbitt to really be decent. So that, I mean, it sort of, it ruins Josh Lowe for me. Uh, at least for now, I mean, if he starts doing something... Like, I can I can change that tune in under four <laughs> notes. Like, let's do it, you know? But for right now, I'm kind of like, nah, I, I want to see something from Josh Lowe.
1: Yeah, he, he's more in the flyer field because he does have the power and speed to put up ridiculous home runs, stolen bases, but it could look a little, like, Rube or Dorish off the bat here where he's just striking out. So, like, is the 190 average he's giving you worth the home runs and stolen bases? And uh, I guess you have to make that decision on your own and for your team, but uh, yeah, more of a flyer to see if he comes up and is just hot. All right, moving over to some bullpens here, go ahead and give us a few guys if we're sagging offing that that might uh, get some saves or that some situations have have potentially changed actually.
0: Uh, yeah, well, well, Hendricks is out. I don't, you know, people haven't really been saying. I haven't heard anything like update wise on Hendricks. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I missed it over the weekend. But I mean, his his thing is forearmed, and that that doesn't sound good at all. And Graveman could potentially be a top seven closer type. Like he's he could be great. So if Graveman is the closer uh, for the White Sox, and I would definitely be. I, I mean. I would be grabbing Graveman in every league. I I already have. And I would, in the shallowest of leagues, Graveman is a uh, a grab. Um, then you go over to Philly, and I was hoping by this week we would have a little bit more clarity on this situation. But Sir Anthony Hopkins Dominguez is like, he looks good, but I don't know if they want him to close. And Brad Hand looks good you know, like Brad hand. And I think they prefer him. (laughs) I don't know. So it's kind of like, it's still up in the air though. And um, then uh, Colin (laughs) Pahooche, Colin, Colin Pock in uh, Tampa Bay, the Colin Pahooche. I like, I like to add five syllables to people's names. I, you know, I don't know. I guess it could be him, but I think in Tampa, it, it's probably going to be like five guys are going to all get like seven saves or less is sort of my, I, I would guess for Tampa. I don't know. You know, I, again, Kevin Cash, he, he wants the platoon. He wants to like, you know, he he's trying to make a name for himself out there. Like what's going on, man? <laughs> Just his name of closer. Like Don Mattingly was like, I really want Tanner Scott. Everyone's like, uh, you know, he's a lefty. And Don Manley's like, I don't care. I won. Hey, also, Don Manley, he's not that good. I don't care. <laughs> I want him. He's, like, he's right, got two go. first names. It's a crowd pleaser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's Don. They used to call me Don Matt. <laughs> I like two first names. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I would guess, like, out of those guys that I've mentioned, uh, Graveman – I think is like absolutely a grab everywhere. Um, and then Dominguez or Brad Hand, I think is kind of a coin flip. Um, and Colin Potts I don't, Pock, I don't even know how to say his name to be honest. <laughs> you can see, it in Tampa, the uh, the guy in Tampa. Let's just <laughs> let's just go with that. The guy in Tampa. That's clear. That's real clear, uh, Gray. Um, yeah. Okay. So anyway, those are kind of my guys.
1: Yeah. And I, I'll say with Colin uh, Pocch. Pache, I think, um, I, Hoshé. Uh, Hoshé, Hoshé? I, I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know. Um, but anyways, <laughs> at least the numbers are good with him. So I, I do think that from just a, an adding to your roster, he's not going to hurt you like, like potentially Brad hand might, but from a getting saved perspective, I think you're right. I think it's probably Grayman. uh, then the Philly situation and then Colin coming in last, unfortunately. Um, it, it sounds like at least from what I can find on Liam Hendricks, He's actually going to potentially try and start a throwing program today, which would then get him ready around the start of July. Um, but when you start a throwing program, obviously anything can happen and you get setbacks. So like early July would be the soonest that you're looking. So that's still you know two weeks worth of saves to potentially get for Gray. Man, that's still worth picking up. Um, yeah. Let's move over and just throw some names out for waiver wire or guys that uh, we need to be keeping an eye on Gray. Um, other than the prospects that we named early, uh, well, Michael Harris,
0: uh, the second, I, I don't, I don't think you have to see the first one in order to appreciate the second one. Uh, I think he's been hot. Uh, not, not, I think he has been hot. Um, let's uh, let's let's build up the confidence here, right? <laughs> Come on, um, uh, Luis Garcia. Uh, you name him. You know, whatever Luis Garcia you want, he's been good. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the Nationals, Luis Garcia. Uh, we have uh, Orlando Garcia. Actually, hasn't been bad uh, for um, the Braves in in uh, in Albie's stead. Um, that's like Garcia arcia now we need a cia <laughs> where's uh-huh, the cia c um, well. or the cia uh-oh wait why is cia <laughs> in both of their names hold on a second uh, well welcome back to info wars uh okay and then uh we mentioned like the yeah and no more mazara uh, Mizar- Mizarra, uh <laughs> that's a throwback um yeah, I mean, he was hitting a little bit for San Diego. So, yeah, he's been okay. Um, Brandon Duvall is like, I you know, like the Cardinals just invent players, man. I, I don't get it. I, I, you know, like all the – we talk about all these top prospects, and then the Cardinals just promote some guy, Brandon Donovan, and they're like, yeah, he's good. I'm like, what? Who? <laughs> Wait, who is that? Um, yeah, so anyway, he has been good. Uh, Matt Verling, uh, Phillies outfielder, he's been decent. Uh, Dylan Moore had a good weekend for the Mariners. Uh, who else? Uh, Jan Mancada. I think he's probably uh, rostered in most places. Oh, J- Jack uh, Slowinski for the Pirates. He had three homers on Sunday. He's been hot for, uh, he's been good for homers um, and nothing else.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's a bunch of names. Okay, so anyone you got there? Uh, be uh, I guess I'll just go on the <laughs> pitching side. Um, Tywon Walker's been pitching well. Miles Mikolas. Um, you know, I, I guess uh, Jack Flaherty gave all his talent to Miles Mikolas, and now Miles Mikolas is good. Uh, Mitch Keller, since kind of re- reworking the sinker, seems to have figured something out. Ross Stripling is back to being in the, in the starters role and he's, he's doing okay. He's kind of Ross Stripling in and out. Good. At, good. At your a, but the strikeouts are always going to be kind of whatever. Um, Jeff Springs and Bob risk are a couple in deeper leagues to maybe keep your eye out on, um, you know, again, two guys that have been moving back between kind of relieving and starting, but uh, both putting up pretty solid numbers. So if you're just looking for arms to throw there, you could do a lot worse than those two guys. Anything
0: else, Barry? No, I, uh, I actually th- this week uh, for a streamer in a fifteen-team mixed league, I picked up Dylan Bundy. Bundy, Bundy, Bundy. Let's get Bundy Sunday. I'm down in the Down Under, and I got the Dylan Bundy. Uh, you want to go down to Bundy Beach? Uh, it's down by Sydney. Anyway, I I picked up Dylan Bundy. So anyone who's listening to this, please avoid him because he's gonna be awful. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's that's all I got. We went from
1: somewhere from Australian to British in that accent somewhere. I'm not sure where where that happened, but that definitely happened. But, uh, yes, I, I, you know, Dylan Bundy coming off a good start at Arizona. I mean, at Arizona seems to be the place to go to get your good starts these days. Also to Wrigley when the wind's blowing in. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's he, – you could do he a gets, little bit worse. Uh, he
0: gets, I believe he gets the Rockies at home. Yeah. And
1: Helm is down
0: under. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> All
1: right. So thanks for listening, everybody. As uh, we mentioned last week, we're on YouTube now, the whole show. So if you'd rather watch us be ridiculous rather than just listen, you can go out there. Um, Grace not going to stop letting me tell you to go subscribe until we, we, uh, till we reach 1,000 subscribers. So just go do that. Uh, as always, if you have specific questions, go to the comments underneath this post, or you can find us on Twitter at RazBeaton and at Razball4Gray, or we're also on uh, Instagram, TikTok at Razball Fantasy. I can't promise we'll get to uh, comments out there, but we'll at least we'll at least try and check out there uh, as we post clips there now as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. See you, Gray. Lates On Deloitte's OnCloud podcast, my co-host Mike Cavus and I talk with innovation leaders to explore how they use cloud engineering for new possibilities for their organizations.
0: Join myself, David Linthicum, by subscribing to OnCloud wherever you get your podcasts.